I'm ready. Hey, everybody. Good to see you. Welcome to day 173. 173 of 15 days to slow the spread. We are in day 173 of allowing hospitals to get ready to equip themselves for the onslaught of COVID patients. Day 173 of two weeks to slow the spread. So here we are. Once again, day before church, I want to make sure that I invite everybody 3385 South Access Road, Inglewood, Florida. Google map it. See how far you are away. If you are in the Tampa Bay area, go to the River Church. Rodney Ira Brown, pastor, make sure that you are there. Google, get their times. I believe it's 930, Sunday morning service, but make sure that you are there. I've never been there for a Sunday morning service because I'm always here. Otherwise, I would be there for a Sunday morning service. If I didn't pastor this church, that would be the church that I attended every Sunday. But anyway, if you're in the Tampa Bay area, go to the River Church. If you're anywhere near here, Google it and come and be with me tomorrow morning. 9 o'clock a.m. is our first service. Second service, 11.15 a.m. We've had to go to two services because we are getting full. But join us. Make sure that you're here. We will find a place for you. If you're driving from Fort Myers, be here. Punta Gorda, be here. Port Charlotte, be here. Sarasota, be here. If your church is a no contact, social distancing, temperature taking, one way in, one way out, mask wearing church, wrong church, Wrong pastor. How can you say that, Tom? Because anybody who is living like that is not living out the scriptures. They are not living out the Bible. Jesus said, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So that's the wrong church. If you're going to one that does not believe that. Well, we're trying to be community partners and good neighbors. That's not the Bible. For the word of God is quick, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrows, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Hebrews 4.12, 2 Timothy 4.2, that's what we are supposed to be doing. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So if you are not going to a church like that, if you went to a church that closed and the pastor hasn't repented, I have no, listen, somebody who sinned as much as I have, I have no problem with people failing and sinning. I mean, I have problems with sin, but you know, as far what I mean by that is there's always room to be forgiven. There's always room for restoration. If your pastor closed the church, publicly came out and said, you know what? I blew it. I never should have closed the church for the Kung flu. Great. Go back to that church. But if they're just acting like it's business as usual, or you're going to a church, I've shown the pictures here a couple times where there's cones set up down the aisles. Everybody's bringing in their own lawn chairs and you have to sit in your own little groups with your own little families and do all that wrong church, wrong pastor. Get the heck out of there. If you're going to a church where they act like they never closed and they never publicly came out and said we were wrong for closing, understand they're not a biblical church. Tom, how can you say that? 
Judgment begins at the house of God. A spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. Our judgment comes from the word of God. If you closed your church, if you said, you know what? This is just too much of a threat. You're not biblical. And if you're attending a church like that, you're supporting an unbiblical church. Get the heck out of there. You know, I've never spoken like this. I've been a pastor for 15 years. I have never spoken like that in my life until the last six months. But I have seen so many capitulating cowardice churches, so many capitulating cowardice pastors. And again, I have no problem if you know what you closed, you realized your mistake. You know, it's happening right now in California with Rob McCoy and John MacArthur. I don't know if they've come out and said it, but at least it, it, here's, here's how you can tell. What Rob McCoy did and what John MacArthur did was just open. They just opened full scale. That, you know, it's not good. It's not quite good enough for me, but I'm not the judge. So it's not quite good enough for me. I, I, I expect people to repent publicly if you're a church leader, but at least they opened full steam. They didn't, they're not doing what everybody else. Uh, if you, if you ever hear the lingo coming from your pastoral staff of we can open and we can open safely. They're capitulators. They've bought into the very thing that's ushered in the totalitarian tyranny that we're seeing in this country in any way, shape or form. If you see people that are wearing a mask and then are upset that something that, you know, they've been, that their business is closed to understand they've bought into that, which closed their business. If they're so they quarantine themselves and they're a hair salon owner, since that's kind of a big deal with Nance Pelosi right now. If, if they quarantine themselves and now they're wearing a mask around and they're upset that their business is closed, understand that you are capitulating, you are capitulating and supporting that which closed you down. That which is taking the food out of your children's mouths. So day 173, I want to go over this. Day 170, this is one of my favorite things. I've done it twice. This will be the third time. I'm going to do it fast. So day 173 of 15 days to slow to spread. Now remember what we were promised. Back around, I think it was somewhere around the first week, second week of March. I just calculated, I believe off of March 17th is where I started the 173. I can't remember, or maybe a week before that. But remember what we were told. We were told that we, were, we are to close down, quarantine ourselves, lock everything down. I didn't do it. Pastor Rodney Howard Brown ended up getting arrested, which paid the price for every single pastor, at least in the state of Florida. If not nationally, to me, since he's a national figure, it's national. But at least for those of us in the state of Florida, I, I was looking at it before he got arrested. I was thinking, you know, the time is coming. I may be taking my pinch like a man. But Pastor Rodney got arrested. And then the day, the next day, Governor Ron DeSantis stipulated that all churches were essential. Because, and then you had the Liberty Council come in and defend Rodney Howard Brown. Then, then Hillsborough County had capitulated too, completely and totally. They had to anyway because of DeSantis, but the Jane Castro, the mayor of Tampa, is it Jane? Did I get that right? Or is it Jill? I can't remember. One of the two last name is Castro. How fitting, but anyway, Oh no, Castor, not Castro <laughs> in my mind is Castro. So Jane Castor, I believe her name is mayor of Tampa. She wanted to still put stipulations on the church. Well, Ron DeSantis came out and said, you know what? No, 
Whatever my orders are, you cannot make, you cannot put more stringent requirements on top of my existing executive orders coming out of the gubernatorial office. So that was that. So Rodney Howard Brown paid the price for all of us, at least in Florida and to me nationally, for all of us to say, you know what? We're staying open. Any pastor that's told you in the state of Florida that they had to close, that they're being a good, you know, good neighbor, community partner, they're following the experts, you know, they're doing what the government has said, following CDC instructions, which the CDC can't really do mandates or instructions. They can do suggestions. So Rodney Howard Brown opened up all that for all of us. So there was never a reason to close. I never closed. I never thought about closing. It never happened. I mean, not for a second. So then it became easy for all of us. Florida should have been the example. The Florida church could have been the example for the entire country. But even after Pastor Rodney got arrested, most churches closed. I and like four other churches that I know of in this entire area were open at all. At all. Everybody else was doing Zoom messages. And to this day, who's the national figure that is standing up? For the church, what national figure? There's only one, Rodney Howard Brown. He's the only one. Where's all the rest of the national pastors? I just saw it. I oh, I wish I would have, uh, maybe I wouldn't have done it, but I might have. There's a national conference being put out right now by a whole bunch of pastors. I don't necessarily want to say their names yet. I know I ripped the tar out of Car Carl Lentz last week. He went on and did it to himself. All they did was put out a big old conference thing. You know that they're doing a conference and it's all zoom it's it's all about a covering the um covering the nation in prayer standing up covering the nation in prayer and it's big names like you know <laughs> i'll just say one of them's bill johnson and there's other names like that and my thing is this if you're going to it's like a call to prayer or something like that and I can tell my staff's looking it up right now. So I'm trying to give them hints <laughs> about who it is. But my whole thing was, and I almost typed on their announcement page. Why are you going to go and have a giant call to prayer, call to action, something like that. And your entire conference is on Zoom. All your meetings are Zoom. What exactly are you putting out to the United States? That we're going to have a big call to action and call to prayer when we ourselves are afraid to open our own churches. What what are you calling us to exactly? So the, the national figures are all gone with the exception of RHB, Rodney Howard Brown. That's it. You know, you know, there's been somebody else that's risen up that I've that I've seen is, is Jonathan Shuttlesworth follow both of those guys. They never closed. They never capitulated. They never called the COVID a plague. Nothing never did safely this or safely that. Those are my two favorite preachers. Follow them. Get on Facebook. Go to Rodney R. Brown's website. You got to you know give them some proof of who you are, whatever. But get on there. Follow those guys. But anyway, so day 173 of 15 days to slow the spread, right? We are, like I said, day 173. What was the reason? The reason for everybody to close was so that um, the hospitals could get ready, gear themselves up for the onslaught of plague patients. All the people storming into the hospitals to be treated by, for COVID, right? Every, you know, death everywhere, 
you know, bodies everywhere, 15 days, let the hospitals gear up. So, you know, what President Trump did was he sent out the Army Corps of Engineers to build field hospitals. You know, everyone talks about how Trump didn't do enough. And again, just for the record, I don't agree with everything the president has done at all when it comes to COVID. I don't like that he, you know, pushed masks a month and a half or so ago. He's never wearing one now, I noticed. Thank God. But I haven't agreed with everything, but, you know, I'd also don't give him an F on it either. You know, I, I don't know what I'd give him A to F. I'll have to think about that. Mainly, it's the governors. When you open up the door to people like Gretchen Whitmer and Phil Murphy and Tom Wolf and Andrew Cuomo, the door, I mean, and the, and the door wasn't opened by Trump. The door is opened by the Constitution. But when you give them an open door where you can stipulate totalitarianism in the name of public safety, woo, watch out. And Australia's learning that the hard way, big time. And we've learned it the hard way. Our economy is starting to recover. We'll go over the numbers in a little bit, but we've suffered an awfully big price for a flu season. So here's the thing. So, uh, you know, well, day 173 here into 15 days to slow the spread, the hospitals were supposed to get all geared up for the onslaught of patients that never happened anywhere except for in Manhattan, other than that in some point, and the cities and towns that are directly linked by train to Manhattan, which is New Jersey. New Jersey having the worst per capita death rate of any state in the Union, followed closely by the state of New York, of, of which both of those states, by the way, shipped one COVID-infected patient after another right into their nursing homes, to the places where they're supposed to be the most secure. They sent COVID right into the nursing homes. So far, the death count out of New York of nursing home alone, nursing home deaths alone from COVID is 11,000. But Como is not going to be able to give us the true nursing home death count until November 5th, two days after the election. Lo and behold, what a surprise. I mean, it's such, it's such you know, blatant political expediency. <laughs> you just don't even know what to say. But anyway, so we are supposed to have the 15 days to gear up the hospitals for the onslaught. I remember getting into it back and forth with some sort of healthcare worker. I don't know what she did, whether she's some neurosurgeon or vial carrier. I don't know what she is. I know she wasn't a neurosurgeon, but she was claiming to be, you know, on the front lines here in Charlotte County. And at the time there was like 12 COVID patients and that we've had it let, we've had less than 150 deaths in Sarasota and Charlotte County from COVID-19, but she was on the front lines. But anyway, so we have this day 173, I guess I, I'm assuming the hospitals are geared up now. Uh, six months later, I'm assuming they're geared up. But what Trump did immediately was he sent out the Army Corps of Engineers to build hospitals, field hospitals for the onslaught. There's some pictures right there. You, had to, you were going to have this you know, onslaught of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. Yeah, you're getting them. Those are all accurate pictures right there. Perfect. So what they did was, you know, the Army Corps of Engineers went out and spent $660 million for the overflow of patients at the hospitals because they're going to be overrun. We're going to have to take, you know, the patients and put them into these field hospitals. Well, you had the uh, Sunny Stony Brook, uh, location Stony Brook, New York. The turn, uh, they built a field hospital there for $155 million, and they saw a total of zero COVID patients. Next one was Sunny Old Westerberry in Westerberry, New York. So you had Stony Brook, New York. These two separate institutions in New York now. Well, I don't want you to miss it. There is Stony Brook, New York Field Hospital, which was built for $155 million that saw zero COVID patients. And then you have Old Westerberry, New York, which also had 
a uh, field hospital built there, but that was a more tidy expenditure of $118 million, and they saw zero COVID patients. Then you had McCormick Place in Chicago, a field hospital, that was built for an economical $65 million, and it saw 37 COVID patients. Then you had Westchester County Center, White Plains, New York. So this is number three from New York, the epicenter of all evils of COVID. And so in White Plains, New York, they had a field hospital built for a tidy $46,971,000. And they saw a total of zero COVID patients. So, so far, Stony Brook, New York, $155 million. Old Westbury, New York, $118 million. White Plains, New York, $46 million. All spent on field hospitals for a grand total of zero COVID patients. Then you had Denver. They transformed the Colorado Convention Center in Denver at an expense of $34 million. And they saw zero COVID patients. Then you had Walter Washington Convention Center in Washington, D.C. That was built for $32 million and was never completed and saw zero patients. Then you had the Commercial Appeal Building in Memphis, Tennessee, built for $27 million, never was completed, and saw zero patients. Miami Beach Convention Center, Miami Beach, Florida, built for $26 million and saw zero patients. Then you had Sherman Hospital, Elgin, Elgin, Illinois, where you got that, you know, the wonderful governor of Illinois. It's built for $18 million and saw zero patients, you know, because they had that overrun of all their hospitals in Illinois. So you got you know what, because of that, you need to build another one then. In Melrose, Illinois, they built another one for $16 million, $16.3 million, and they saw zero patients. And because of that, so now you're 0 for 2, you need to build another one, right? Since your first two, that you bet you spent $18 and $16 million on respectively, now you need to build another one. So they did. Army Corps, Corps of Engineers went to Metro South Medical Center, built another field hospital for in Illinois. This is Blue Island, Illinois, for a total of $15 million. And they saw zero COVID patients. And then you've got West Alice, Wisconsin, the Wisconsin State Fairground Expo Center. They built a field hospital for $15 million and saw zero COVID patients. Then you've got Loveland, Colorado, built a field hospital for $13.3 million, never was complete, and never saw any patients. Then you've got one built in Novi, Michigan. Now, hey, they saw a patient here now. They saw some patients. They built one for $12 million and saw already six patients. Good job, Gretchen Whitmer. Javits Center, I always want to be fair. New York, New York Convention Center. They built one for uh, $11.3 million, and they actually saw 1,000 COVID patients. That's the most of any on this list, and this is the complete list. Next up, you have East Orange uh, General Hospitals in each or East Orange, New Jersey. They spent $10 million, well, $11 million, was never completed. Then you have the TCF Center in Detroit. They spent $10 million, $9.4 million, and saw 39 COVID patients. 173 days to slow the spread. All right, friend of mine from on 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 Facebook. First name is Julie. Appreciate you letting me use this, Julie. I got all your information. Here. We're going to go over it. She wrote this on Facebook, and I thought it was a very succinct message. It's all really well encapsulated into one paragraph. She's from Australia. 
I've used it one of her. Some, I don't want to. I don't know if they're husband or wife or whatever. But I've used. I believe it was her husband's. One of his statements before too out of Australia. But she writes: the church in Australia is so weak. They went down without a boo, claiming we are the church, not a building. That's a way for you to hide your cowardice. The church I used to go to has just started services. Just started services. Today is what? September 5th? September 5th. They just started services. But you need to contact a person, your commissar. That's me, not her. And register in the week before you, before you go. Encourage to wear a mask. Have your temperature checked, social distance, no singing, and leave immediately after service. That's a great church. Boy, that sounds like fun, doesn't it? Then they put up a meme on their Facebook page that says, <laughs> 2 Corinthians 3.17, for where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It's unbelievable. Put up that first picture. Here's some of their restrictions. Put up that first picture for me. You got it. Right, here, look at them down. In, in helping you make the decision as to whether to attend, I'm reading the bottom, it is important that you are aware of what the morning will look like when you arrive. Social distancing of 1.5 meters. Look at where we are as a culture. And listen, I look at, just leave it up there, I look at Australia as brethren. These are people that we storm the beaches of Normandy together. So I just look at Australia as another United States and look at where we are at. Social distancing of 1.5 meters. How do they measure that? Must be adhered to at all times, both inside and outside the building. Uh, there's no real outside transmissions of COVID unless you actually cough in somebody's face. No handshaking or hugs. Your temperature will be taken at the front entrance and anyone with a temperature of over, look at 1.5, 37.5. Boy, this is where the spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. Will not be allowed in the building. Next slide. Also, you will need to sign in at the foyer entrance with, an, with your name and contact phone number. Why is that? Uh, contact tracers, the Gestapo in Australia, the ones that arrested the pregnant mother that we played on Thursday. Watch out if you go to church and you at your phone uh, clicks in and says you were within 1.5 meters of somebody with COVID, I guess. Hand sanitizers will be used throughout the meeting. You must remain seated. <laughs> Throughout the gathering, you guys have got to see a picture of our church. We got You guys do that out there. Find some pictures of our church or some video of our church or whatever. <laughs> you must remain seated throughout the ga gathering. One solo singer is all that is allowed at present in two musicians. You are not allowed. So 1.5, 37.5, two musicians, one soloist. We are not allowed to sing. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So during worst, get this. Oh my gosh. Number seven might be my favorite. And Jewel, I hope you're not mad at me for making fun of your old church. I love you guys. I really do. But we are not allowed to sing. Yeah, find one that's brighter if you can. I'm looking at pictures they're pulling up from my church. We are not allowed to sing. So during worship time, it will be quiet, reflective worship. That's my favorite. That's number one. Number seven is number one. Masks are optional, but encouraged by state premier. Woof. There will, I mean, that's a scary statement when you are reading that into your church. Masks are optional, but encouraged by the state premier. There will be, there will not be any children's church, of course. Children must stay with their parents. Warren will be speaking, I mean, that's a pastor or something. There will not be any, there will not be any morning tea for America. That would be no coffee and donuts. Like we have here. Yes, donuts. 
Love, love the donuts. <laughs> Unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, put that. You can put that up there. Show that. You guys got any decent pictures or no? Yeah, yeah put them up there. Slide them up. There. That's what you're supposed to look like as a church. <laughs> right there. Put them next. There you go. Nice. We're standing. We're jammed in close to one another. Don't care. Never close. Never will. Never thought about it in any way, shape, or form. Right, right here from NBC2 locally. Right here in Charlotte County, Florida, where I'm at right now. A Charlotte County mom says she is upset and confused after a nine-year-old was sent home from school for two weeks after complaining of a stomachache. So her nine-year-old gets a stomachache and she's sent home from Charlotte County school system for two weeks. I think it's Liberty Elementary School. The school nurse sent Aaron Harrington's daughter home on Tuesday because the CDC labels a stomachache <laughs> as a symptom of COVID. Boy, they ought not be around me after I eat chicken wings. Because I will, I will have a symptom of COVID after that. So <laughs> they're pulling my mic away from my face. Am I too loud? All right. I keep peeking out the microphone. If you're wondering why my mic was moving, <laughs> it's hands-free. So after I eat chicken wings and pizza, because here's the thing. This is what happened. So school nurse sends her daughter home. Shortly after that, her 15-year-old daughter was pulled out of the high school. This is right here where I live. So I'm sitting here making fun of Australia. Look what's going on here. Love you guys from Australia. We're not much better. So a nine-year-old gets sent home and then they go and pull the high school sibling out of their school. And now that person can't go to school either. All for a stomachache. Because stomachache is a possible symptom of COVID. Harrington says that her nine-year-old had a stomachache because she needed to go to the bathroom, just like me, right after eating chicken wings. I will exude symptoms of COVID-19. That she and I had the same condition and was too embarrassed to say it. She's not like me. I don't care. Charlotte County student sent home, Charlotte County student sent home for two weeks, two weeks, because she had to go to the bathroom. And they go and grab her older sibling out of high school. And all of you capitulating Charlotte County Christians, that's right where my church is. All of you, welcome to what you created. Good job capitulating, virtue signaling, mask wearing, social distancing, locked down Christians. Welcome to what you've created. Here's the problem. I watched the interview. I wasn't able to burn the video, but I watched the, watched the interview of the mother. She's doing the interview with the reporter from NBC2, local, local TV station. And she's doing the interview with the reporter. They're social distance and both wearing masks. So mom, I want to tell you what just caused all of your problems, you're supporting. Take the stinking face diaper off. If you don't like that your kids are being pulled out of school for, for a stomach ache for two weeks because that's a COVID symptom, you don't like it, do you? And this is coming for all of you. Then stop supporting it by wearing a mask. Get it off your face. Period. And it will come for all of you mask-wearing capitulators. COVID will land on your doorstep. You will have your rights taken away at some point. They will do it. They will come for you. If you don't start standing up, strip those face diapers off your face. 
now, today. All right, from OWN. One American News Democrat imposed lockdowns, forced half, now get this now, mask wearing, capitulating Christians and conservatives, and mask wearing, capitulating liberals and Democrats, half of all storefront businesses in San Francisco are permanently closed. 40% of all businesses in the United States are permanently closed because all of you bought in to a draconian, tyrannical response to a flu bug. Oh, Tom, how can you possibly say that? You can't say that it's just a flu bug, Tom. You can't do that. That's the, no, I don't care about it. That's what the rage mob does. They stipulate their, their theology, which is bold-faced lies. And then when you speak truth into that darkness, they shout you down and call you a racist and a science denier to their own lies that they know are lies. If they didn't know they were lies, then why are they all such hypocrites? Why is the Pelosi going and getting a... She wasn't even getting her hair cut, by the way. She was getting a what's called a wash and blow. She, just wash your hair and stick your head out and stick your nappy head out the window and drive down the road at 60 miles an hour, you dingbat. Right between Chardonnays. I shouldn't say that because I don't want you to drink and drive. It's bad enough as it is. You numbnut. So Democrat imposed lockdowns force half of all San Francisco storefronts to close down permanently. Play the video for me. Thanks Quicker. to oppressive <laughs> lockdowns over coronavirus, tens of thousands of businesses across California have been forced to permanently close their doors. Business owners in Democrat-controlled cities have been the hardest hit, and San Francisco stands out as one of the worst affected in the entire state. Since the lockdown began, far-left Democrat Mayor London Breed has sat back and watched as over half of all storefronts in San Francisco have shut down for good. While some 1,200 small businesses are still operating in San Francisco, over 1,300 have closed. According to a survey from the San Francisco Chamber of Commerce, just 46% of storefront businesses in the city that were open at the beginning of the pandemic are still operating. That means a whopping 54% of small business owners in the city have watched as the Democrat-imposed lockdown destroyed their livelihoods. As a result, many have now made the decision to not just leave the city, but leave the state for good. A representative from the Chamber of Commerce explained that for businesses like fitness studios, hair or nail salons, and even retail stores, the decreased foot traffic means they just can't afford to stay open. Restaurants have been some of the hardest hit, with over 60% that were forced to close temporarily remaining permanently closed. All right, bring it back to me. There you go. Is that, and it was much worse for restaurants. Did you hear that? 60%. Yeah, you can put her name up, put her, her picture up. That's London Breed. I, have, I haven't been able to link her to Soros yet. I'm trying. I haven't found the information yet, but who knows? But she's for mandated mask wearing. She announced budget cuts to the police of $120 million dollars. To the San Francisco PD and the local sheriff's office. $120 million. Why, did I, why am I focusing on San Francisco? Well, because if you guys can find a picture of the Pelosi walking around without her mask on. Well, because all of those mandates. San Francisco is Nancy Pelosi's district. All those businesses are closed. Does she give a crap whatsoever? She doesn't care at all. As long as she can get her wash and blow which I've already told her exactly how to do it. Wash your nappy head and hang it out the window like a dog. 
That's all you got to just hang it out there. I've done it. Get your hair dry. It's for free. And you won't be violating any of your own rules. And you know what she said? You know, she said she's set up and all that. Really, you set up. And I'll go over. I think I've got more on this later. But you're set up exactly. How are you set up? You knew that it was illegal for you not to wear a mask. You knew that it was illegal for you to be indoors at a business. You knew it was illegal. You knew you were violating the social distancing rules. You knew that. How did you get set up? You could have said no at any time, right? Anytime you could have said no. And by the way, she set up her appointment with the individual hairdresser. His name's Jonathan. I saw the whole, I watched the, well, it wasn't an interview. It was just a Facebook live done by the owner of the salon who's been vilified by Nancy Pelosi now as the one who set her up. The owner of the place who did turn in the video. However, Nancy Pelosi never had to go. The owner didn't even know. Until after the appointment was set up with it, with Nancy's hairdresser, Jonathan, who's an ardent, ardent Nancy Pelosi supporter. So set up the appointment with him, went in violating all of her own rules. And then she's paying the price for it. And it's good that she is. It's good. I mean, she doesn't even care. She's destroying the life of her own supporters. These are people, not only the guy who cut her hair or washed and blew her hair. Imagine that. Not only is she destroying his life and destroying the life of the salon owners in tears doing her Facebook live. Not only she just doesn't even care that she's destroying anybody's life. She could care less. She doesn't care at all. As long as she gets Trump out of office, 60% of the businesses, 60% of the restaurants and 40% of all the businesses are permanently closed in their district. Why aren't they talking about that? You ever wonder that? You ever wonder about it? I do. I just wonder how you could drive through your town and not care at all that 60% of the restaurants are closed and 40% or more, uh, 40 to 50% of all your businesses are closed permanently. Nice job. All right. Here's next. Put that next slide up for me. I want somebody to explain this to me. Now, they're not. That's actually looks better than it did when I saw it before the show. I know you're not going to be able to read a whole lot of that probably, but I want you to know what it's saying there. If you look at the list on the bottom, that says in the middle, it says product description. Everybody see those COVID-19 test kits from the European Union. Can't read what the next one is. Switzerland, COVID-19 test kits. Germany, COVID-19 test kits. Ireland, COVID-19 test kits. United States, COVID-19 test kits. Does everybody see the year in the next column? The year in the next column says 2018. These are COVID-19. Back to me. These are COVID. Keep that picture handy. Those are COVID-19. The novel never seen before in the history of America. Right? Never seen it before. Novel coronavirus test kits ordered in 2018. And then you got, you know, you got Billy Gates. In November of 2019, predicting a wet market outbreak. A year before that, you got Minnie Mouse, the Fouch, out there predicting that Trump would face an, an, a, a viral infection or, a, you know, a, I can't remember the term that he used, outbreak that maybe we've never seen before or of cataclysmic proportions. So I just wonder, you put that picture back up. How is it that we have test kits being ordered in 2018 for a virus nobody has ever heard of 
before no, December of 2019. Let me read you in case you can't see it. What the literature is saying above that. What it says is, this is from the WITSWorldBank.org. WITS, that's World Integrated Trade Solution, WorldBank.org. COVID test kits exports by country in 2018. Here's the second statement that's closest to the list. In 2018, top exporters of COVID-19, put that up, put the picture back up for me. This is in that middle section between the two red lines. This is what it says. In 2018, top exporters of COVID-19 test kits are the European Union, Switzerland, Germany, Ireland, and the United States. COVID-19 test kits imports by country in 2018. Somebody bring it back to me. Somebody please explain that to me. I actually mean it. I saw that on a, from a Facebook friend of mine. I give the name, but I'm never sure if people really want me to give their names now, although I noticed she had a lot of followers. But I noticed it, and I did some research on it, pulled up the website. It's there. This is for real. W-I-T-S, World Integrated Trade Systems at worldbank.org. Okay, if this doesn't bother you, and, and, and start your mind into clicking that this was all possibly a global setup where you have, you know, the, you had the great reset that's been planned and is already met. You had the practice session done by Bill Gates and all the rest of the global elitists that was done for what? A COVID-19 outbreak. I can't remember what that was called. It's on the blaze. I can't remember what it was. I, I went over it too. Some kind of, yeah, there you go. Oh, you are the best, Aaron. Love you, love you, love you. Event 201. Put event 201 up there for me, would you? That's okay. That's good. That's perfect. I just want people to see it. It gives it some legitimacy. Event 201. You can bring it back to me. That was a practice session where you had big corporations, huge corporations, Leaders from all the powerful countries of the world, including the United States, organized to do a practice, like a breakout session, so to speak, on how you would handle an outbreak, a viral infection outbreak. And lo and behold, what viral infection did they pick? Now, remember, this was, I believe, event 201 occurred in October of 2019. Am I right? I don't know. You can look it up for me, guys. But they did this practice session. Well, what disease did they pick? What outbreak did they pick? Ugh, amazing that they picked a coronavirus outbreak. Isn't that unreal? It's, I mean, it's absolutely unreal that they picked a coronavirus outbreak. And then you've got the United States, the European Union, Switzerland, and many others ordering in 2018. Co uh, yeah, I was right. Or did I say November? I said October. I was right, actually. Good. Yeah, this event 201 occurred in October of 2019. And then lo and behold, they just happened to pick. Get ready. Let's do the timeline. So you got event 201, sponsored in part by Bill Gates. You got the UN there. You got the WHO there. You got like Big Pharma there. You got vaccine makers there. You got you know, the World Health Organization all the UNICEF, all of them, they're all there. All the governments represented, the Chinese were there. The United States was there. All the event 201 in October. 
Then you've got Billy Gates in in November saying that he predicted a wet market outbreak on Netflix. Then lo and behold, it occurs a wet market, quote unquote, wet market outbreak. It was never a wet market outbreak occurs in December, right? In Wuhan, China, where Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci have been doing gain of function research for years after it was reinstated after it was outlawed for years and then reinstated by Barack Obama six days before he left office. That's a shock too. And then you've got right after that, about a year after that, the Fouch predicts that you'd see a pandemic hit the United States, the States. So, you know, it's looking kind of strange out there, folks. And you're like conspiracies, conspiracies, please. I, I invite you. For all those people out there who just never believe, I, I wonder how conspiratorial the mark of the beast will appear to you as you dismiss that too. It's going to happen. See, I believe what the, what the Bible says. I don't believe what people say. Let God be true and every man a liar. Romans chapter four, verse three. So it's just looking kind of strange. And again, please look it up. All these things yourself. Look up the great reset. Look up event 201. Look at, I mean, these, they're not hiding any of this. Look up biometric tattoos with Bill Gates. I'll go over those in a minute. Look them up. Please feel free for all the people that think people like me are just conspiracy theory theorists. I don't, I don't cross any bridges that aren't there. All I'm doing is putting out the information. Explain to me how on earth anybody could be ordering a test kit for a novel virus that nobody knows exists in 2000. In 18, people say, well, no, they knew about coronavirus. That's not the coronavirus. Yes, COVID-19 is a coronavirus, but COVID-19 is the novel version. Cars, uh, SARS-CoV-2 is COVID-19. That's allegedly novel with its outbreak. It's pandemic occurring in Wuhan, China, right where Bill Gates was doing his gain-of-function research. Bill Gates, Wuhan Institute of Virology, Anthony Fauci, Chinese Academy of Sciences, all right there in Wuhan. There was this, they, they caused a SARS-CoV outbreak before. I'll go, I don't have time to go over that tonight. I'll go over it again sometime, though. It's not the first SARS-CoV outbreak they've had. It's all a lie, folks. But it's not, it's not me going to some conspiratorial website. It's all available data in the mainstream media. All right, here we go. From Dan Bongino. The rules are for thee, but not for me. Play the video. Check this out. We'll call this elitist snobs. The rules for thee, but not for me. Check this out. An 80-year-old part-time Napa resident called Nancy (laughs) Pelosi can be seen slinking through a San Francisco hair salon. Due to coronavirus regulations, salons in San Francisco are closed for indoor services. As it turns out, it was a setup. So I take responsibility <laughs> for falling for a setup. I think that they owe, uh, that this salon owes me an apology. You went to the gym yesterday and Twitter lost its mind. I don't get it, but we'll move on with our lives. The gyms are all closed now, Alice. I did not for a moment so think stuff. there was anything problematic because I knew the dynamics. Again, I have to stay healthy so I can make the decisions for the people of the city. Did Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham play by her own rules when she ordered non-essential stores to shut down and lectured all New Mexicans to stay home, a non-essential business open so she could buy jewelry? 
Where is the First Lady? Has she engaged in non-essential travel? What is your response to people who say the stay-at-home order and non-essential travel bans aren't being abided by your family? So I'm just not going to answer that question. It's inappropriate, and I find it reprehensible. For New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy, letting people go to church was just too dangerous, but protesting? Fine. Are you concerned about a spike in cases when you combine reopening and the protests? I think you have to be, but uh, but the alternative, I just don't, it's not feasible. I don't see it. Certain parts of the First Amendment are better than others. In Michigan, over this past weekend, Governor Gretchen Whitmer's husband decided to violate his own wife's orders by traveling across the state to use his boat. When the marina told him they could not put the boat in the water, <laughs> Gretchen Whitmer's husband, let them know that his wife was the governor. Don't you know who I am? And as you know, haircuts certainly not essential during this pandemic, unless you're the mayor of Chicago. A photo recently surfaced of Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot posing with a hairdresser after getting a haircut. Now, she has defended herself, saying that she needed a haircut because she is the public face of the city. <laughs> Again, this is what happens when the whole model of governing we've had for 200 plus years gets turned on its head all right back to me all right so the democratic party you have some choices here either they are well there really are isn't any choices it's all the same they know that this is a flu and they're not afraid it's just like all the hypocrites out there who say i'll do anything to save a life really you do anything to save a life right so i'm assuming that you're going to mask yourself because flu season runs from October through April. So I'm assuming that you're going to mask yourself from October to now and then take about 17 days off your mask and then strap it back on for October 2021. Because you're going to have to cover the COVID and the flu season because they don't appear to be perfectly lined up with one another. Right? So you'll do anything to save a life because 30 to 80,000 Americans a year die from the flu. So I'm assuming that you'll do anything to save a life, right? Anything that you can do, anything at all to save a life. And you're not going to drive your car. You're going to make sure you, so you got to realize something. I said this about two months ago. You've already been responsible. You and I both, everybody has been part of a chain of events that have killed people because of the flu, because of colds, because of COVID, whatever it may be. It's up to other people. It's up to individuals. That's in the nursing homes. They can't, they can't control their environment. That's why they're in a nursing home. And we need to care for them. And we need to isolate them. Just like Ron DeSantis did here. And Andrew Cuomo didn't do in New York. Or Phil Murphy. Matter of fact, or Gretchen Whitmer right there. Or Tom Wolf in Pennsylvania. All four of those governors shipped COVID patients into nursing homes. So they can't, they can't defend themselves. They can't make their own decisions. That's why they're in a nursing home. Everybody else, I don't care if they're 100, or I don't care if they're 20, can make their own decisions. If you are honestly going to go around with the mindset that you have to protect everybody all the time yourself, first of all, you're a giant, cataclysmic, galactic hypocrite because you've never done it before. You've never done it before. And you've been a part, and I've been a part of one chain after another of flus and colds and everything else that have eventually killed somebody, whether you were number one in the chain or 30 in the chain of 500 that eventually led to somebody's grandmother getting the flu and dying. It, you still, you try, you, you were part of the transmission process. 
So unless you're willing to mask up and social distance for the rest of your life, you're a hypocrite if you're doing it for for COVID-19. And the Democratic Party, every one of those hypocrites on that video are Democrats. Tom, you know, know, there's good and there's bad on both sides of the aisle. No, it's not true. Listen, I know there's bad Republicans, believe me. John Kasich, Mittens Romney. Carly Fiorina, I mean, oh my gosh, what a bunch of jokes. Jeb Bush, what a bunch of jokes. Just absolutely Benedict Arnold, spineless cowards without an ounce of principle in their life at all. I know there's capitulating, weak-kneed Republicans. I get it. But if you vote for a Democrat, and people say, oh, there's nice Democrats. Listen, if you vote for people, that you put in, you voting them into office and they're responsible for murdering the unborn. I don't care whether you're just, you're just a hippie liberal that just wants cannabis to be uh, legalized. And that's all you really care about. And you're hoping the Dems will do it for you. And you're afraid the Repubs won't. I don't care. You're responsible. You're just as evil as the person who's actually legislating because you put them there. So the Democrats, they know. That's why they're not afraid. They're out hypocritically going. You know, so if Lori Lightfoot was terrified, if this was like the, the example that I always use, if this was a plague of rattlesnakes, you think she would, go, she would have gone to the salon? She's unafraid. And she's in her 60s. And not exactly in great shape. She's in, she's in a vulnerable group. She's not scared at all. She's off getting her hair done. Just like the Pelos getting her hair washed and blown. See, what happened was, is the Democrats just got an opportunity. They got an opportunity to rule. They get to choose what's open, what's closed. They get to choose to vaccinate you or not vaccinate you. And I know with those of you who are watching this, that you're not, that you're not going to get vaccinated. Neither am I. That will not go well. That'll go about as well as when you come and try to confiscate my AR-15. Good luck with that. It's not going to happen. They get to to stipulate to lock you down, to keep uh, schools closed, what you get to eat, what you get to drink. Andrew Cuomo in New York, I'm not a big, I mean, I'm not, I hate alcohol, flat out, don't drink it all, hate it. However, I don't want the government to stipulate to you what you can eat and drink. They actually say, they stipulate in the city of New York, first of all, you can't eat inside at all, not even social distance, at all. Even I hate that I'm even giving any sort of stipulations myself, like saying, well, you know, they don't let you eat, not even if you're social distance. I hate that that's entered into my own mind. Cleanse me, Lord, because I don't like any of that even slipping into my subconscious ideologies at all. However, he like. There's certain meals that you're allowed to have with alcohol and you're not. And then, well, no, half a sandwich doesn't count. But a full sandwich with fries counts. The governor of New York is stipulating these things. This is what they love. And they all, they get to use and everybody buys into it. They get to use, well, we're doing it for your safety, for your safety, for your, for your, for, you know, compassion and empathy towards you. Yeah, there's Cuomo not obeying right there. There he is. He's not afraid. This was not this was not in February, folks. This is not in January. This was four days ago. There he is. He's out there walking his dog. He's in violation of his own orders. He's not social distance with a girl. He's not wearing a mask. You know why? He's not afraid. He knows this is an opportunity for him. A tyrannical totalitarian 
They just, they want to control you. You're like, why would anybody want to control us? I don't know. Why is there Stalins? Why is there Hitlers? I'm like, live and let live. I could, I don't even want to know what my neighbor's doing. Don't even care at all. Just leave me alone. Let me live however I want to live. Yesterday, some quick hitters here on Facebook. Facebook told the world that it considers Kyle Rittenhouse the justified shooter. What are you guys sending me? Oh, hey, everybody on YouTube. I want to say hey to you. As a matter of fact, let me do that before I get into these. Let me say hey to everybody. Hey to everybody on YouTube. I really appreciate you. We were one chord short of me being able to see you this week. I will be able to see you next Thursday and be talking to you guys. Let me say to every and I want to say hey to everybody on Periscope too. Love you guys. I appreciate it. Everybody on uh, Facebook. I'm looking at the names here. Let me grab them. All right. We got a hey, Steven. Good to see you. Lisa Ann, God bless you, glad you're on. Oliver, glad you're on. Alex, Dan, Greg, Jennifer, trying to not say your names twice. Some of you are commenting up a storm, which I appreciate. Hey, John P., love you, brother. Hey, Dan H., love you, God bless you. Hey, Naomi, love you, you're on every time. I really appreciate you, Naomi, God bless you. Hey, Candace, glad you're on. Hey, Doug, glad you're on. Tony, God bless you. Love you. Thanks you. Thanks for always being in church. God bless you. Hey, Mike, glad you're on. Daryl, glad you're on, brother. Love you. Hey, Todd, love you. Love you. Love your whole family, Todd. God bless you guys. Hey, Norma, glad you're on. My brother from Montana, Bill. Love you, brother. Glad you're on. Good to see you. God bless you guys. Hey, Naomi, God bless you. Hey, Linda, hey, Mark. Steven, another Steven. Hey, Jeff, I'm trying to get his, all you guys in there. Esteban, God bless you, man. I see your name a lot. Really do appreciate you guys that stuck that stick with me and you don't get offended. God bless you. But Facebook put out there, and they told, they told the world that it considers Kyle Rittenhouse, the justified shooter in Kenosha, that his actions in Kenosha, they, they stipulated them to be mass murder. That's what Facebook has said. No trial, no complete investigation. Just like Biden called the shooting in Kenosha by the police to be not good or to, I can't remember what he said, stinks or I can't, what was it, made him sick. That's right. And there's no investigation, no conviction, no court hearing, no arrests, nothing, but it makes Joe Biden sick. Well, Facebook gets to call Kyle Rittenhouse. And by the way, there's only one shooting that you could even say is a question mark. It's all on video with Rittenhouse. He's being attacked, struck in the head and neck by a, by a skateboard. That guy's dead. And the other guy approaches him with a Glock 9mm running at him. His arm's gone. That's what happens. Flat out. Facebook's doing all sorts of shenanigans right now. We need to look at other sources. You need to be looking at Parler. You need to be looking at MeWe. Listen, YouTube has seemed to be pulling back from being as totalitarian as they were for a while. YouTube, stick with it. Maybe we'll all shift to you totally. Stick with it. I'm telling you, if any company that would make a bold decision right now to go and I'm not saying even be conservative. I'm saying be a platform. Let everybody talk. Only thing you keep off is violence and nudity. Let everybody else think you can have a, I think Tom Lipley is a fat gray beard moron site fine let him i want him to talk i want that's the difference between me and an unprincipled charlatan democrat i want everybody to be able to talk i don't want anybody silenced 
There are people who always say this too, you know, get rid of this, get rid of the Democratic Party or uh, impeach Pelosi. Or I don't want any of that stuff. What I want is people to be given their rights and let elections take their course, let free speech, let us argue things out, let us have a discourse and let it all work out. All right, speaking of Kyle Rittenhouse, this is a great, I hadn't seen this until today. This is on Tucker Carlson and his attorney appears and gives the best summation of what's truly happened that I've heard so far. Play the video for me. A 17-year-old called Kyle Rittenhouse has been charged with two counts of first-degree murder for shootings that took place in Kenosha, Wisconsin recently. There's a lot of confusion about what exactly happened. But in at least two of the shootings, video shows Rittenhouse running away, being attacked, and then firing. What does this add up to? Well, some on the left don't want to know, Antifa according to accounts online, is trying to figure out what cell Rittenhouse is being held in, presumably so they can kill him. So what's the state of the case? What will Rittenhouse's lawyers argue when it does go to court? To find out, we're speaking tonight to John Pierce. He's representing Kyle Rittenhouse. He's from the firm Pierce Bainbridge, and we're happy to have him on tonight. Mr. Pierce, thanks so much for coming on. So Hi, Tucker. Thank you so much for having us to uh, get the true story out of what happened in Kenosha. That well, night. I'm eager to know because this is one of those stories that obviously has intense partisan interest and there, there's a lot of confusing video. But what is, broadly speaking, the defense that you will mount on behalf of Kyle Rittenhouse? This is 100% self-defense, Tucker. Um, Kyle, um, he's a good kid. He's a lifeguard. Um, Kenosha was burning down. Um, actually, when he got done with work uh, that day, uh, he went to the high school with some friends to try to remove some graffiti. Um, after that, they got a call from a local business person who owns three businesses in downtown Kenosha. Uh, two of those three businesses had been burnt to the ground, and this business owner uh, simply wanted to uh, desperately protect what was left of his life's work, so he asked for help. Kyle and his friends decided uh, that nobody was doing anything to protect that community and they decided that they would answer that call and help to protect uh, that business. Um, Kyle actually took a first aid kit downtown because he was concerned that there would be wounded protesters uh, downtown. Um, and in fact, he took a firearm because Kenosha had become a war zone. Uh, right. Any sensible person would take that. Um, and him and his friends stayed on the premises and protected that property. Um, and then uh, he, some events started to unfold whereby he was trying to uh, treat medically wounded protesters and ultimately he got trapped out on the street out in the open because the riot police you back to me? Uh, had there you go so to summarize and some of this he said some of it he says right afterwards all all three cases all three cases you have him shooting the rosenbaum guy that's the only one that's not absolutely 100 percent clear cut on video is the first one but all cases according to the attorney are self-defense i'll go over them no illegal transportation of a firearm. Everyone's like 17-year-old illegally transporting a firearm from out of state into Kenosha. Wrong, wrong, wrong. That, that's not what happened at all. I think the, the attorney gives a way better explanation, but that's not what happened. You, uh, Wisconsin, again, I never heard of Kenosha until the Kenosha kickers from home alone. However, Kenosha has an open carry law. He is justified. He was legally carrying that firearm. He did not transport it across state lines. He was not in illegal possession of a firearm. 
The Rosenbaum killing, the one that's not clear cut on video, it's on video, but it's not clear cut. What happened was is Rosenbaum was chasing after him, tried to grab his firearm, chasing him from behind. He ended up getting shot. The other ones are clear, which I already discussed. The next guy to get shot was the guy bashing him over the head or neck with a skateboard. And by the way, that's a de- that's a deadly weapon, everybody. You get hit by one of the trucks on a gate on a skateboard impacting into your skull. Bye bye for you or bye bye to normal functioning for you. And the next guy was running at him with a Glock nine millimeter and lost basically lost his arm. That's what happened. It's clear cut. It's on video. The only one that's not is Rosenbaum. I'm not saying anybody's a hero here. Okay, I'm not crazy about a 17-year-old out at zero dark 30 by themselves in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I'm kind of wondering where his parents were. However, he's being charged with two felonious counts of first-degree murder. Is it any, I mean, who are, I'm going to have to look at the prosecutor of Kenosha. I'm going to have to look at the prosecutor in Kenosha because I'm going to have to see if it's one of the, one of the Soros acolytes that's been elected over the past couple of years because George Soros keeps pouring money into local elections so that like looters aren't being prosecuted, so that arsonists aren't being prosecuted. But you have Kyle Rittenhouse being put on right now. Did you hear what he said? Antifa is trying to find out what cell he was in. What cell he is currently in. First of all, how is he even being held? We got to bail that guy out. 17-year-olds are rarely, listen, cop, 25 years, 17-year-olds are rarely held in jail. He's not much of a flight risk. Where on earth would he go? And Antifa's trying to find out what cell he's in to try to kill the guy. And he's being charged with two counts of first-degree murder? Really? They could always up it later. It would not, it's not even, if the prosecutor didn't look at the video, Unbelievable. And then the other thing is, and the, and the lawyer brought this up too. Where are the charges charges for the assaults on Kyle Rittenhouse? Where where are the where are the where are the charges there? Where are the charges for rioting? Where are the charges for arson? Where are the charges for vandalism? Where are the charges for unlawful assembly? Nothing. It's the McCloskeys all over again. The only righteous person in the entire in the entirety of video clips was Kyle Rittenhouse. He's the only one that was righteous to begin with. And like the McCloskeys, they were the only righteous ones in their video clips as their house was ransacked, not their house, but their property was ransacked. Their gate was torn off. They're being threatened with their lives. Their, their, their house is being threatened to be poured, uh, burned down. They're standing there with guns. They didn't do anything else with the guns and they're charged with multiple felonies. We know why that is because right th- that prosecutor her name slips my mind right now, but that prosecutor in St. Louis is a Soros acolyte and, and her campaign was bought and paid for by George Soros. All right. WMLAK.com from nine to Florida man charged with attacking officer escorting, escorting Senator Rand Paul, the video outside of the RNC when Rand Paul simply trying to walk to his hotel room across the street or he's accosted by a mob, the man that actually shoved the cop where Rand Paul had to come in and say, you know, hold the cop up was the junior Senator from the great state of Kentucky, having to basically fight for his life on the streets of Washington, DC because Muriel Bowser, the coward mayor isn't, isn't competent enough to put out adequate security. 
So he's out there fighting for his life. The man that was charged with the assault on the law enforcement officer, by the way, the law enforcement officer found him later and was punched in the face by the guy. So he's got some charges coming his way. Where is he from, D.C.? Where is he from, Virginia? Where is he from, Maryland? Where is he from, Delaware? No, he's from Florida. And people are actually, people are actually have some measure of skepticism about the flights that were seen coming in with Black Lives Matter and Antifa members flying in for the RNC. Bought and paid for, I guarantee you, by Black Lives Matter, all the tens of millions of dollars that has gone through Act Blue into Black Lives Matter or Black Lives Matter into Act Blue to elect Joe Biden. And millions of dollars at their discretion flying these people in. The president tweeted it. It's absolutely true. So who's been paying for all these riots. That's the question. Kind of got a lot of Tucker tonight. I hope you guys like Tucker. I love Tucker. Number one uh, cable TV uh, news show in America. It's not even close anymore. You know why? It used to be Hannity. Wonder why it's not. And I hope Hannity comes back around because Hannity's a COVID nut. He's always, I mean, any even, even information that I pulled off of a great conservative site today. I don't even want to say who they are. Because I just don't want to say something negative about them. I don't want to besmirch them in any way. But even them, this is a plague that the you know the greatest plague in a hundred years that's hit the hit the world. It's not. It's not. It takes an average of two point six comorbidities to be lethal. So you've basically got to be have lung cancer and be obese for it to kill you. So does the flu. That's hence the numbers are the same. And I saw somebody defend that today, again, on a conservative site about how that CDC report of only 6% of all of the 180,000 COVID deaths are exclusively from COVID. That, by the way, is completely and totally true. That's a fact. Only, only 9,210 people were exclusively killed by COVID where there was no comorbidities. That's completely true. All right. But what they were saying is that that's normal and that's how it goes and that's how the flu's tabulated. Fine. Well, let me add. So I actually typed him back a message. I'm sure he took it very seriously. I was one of 10,000 comments. So I typed him back a message. I said, well, when have you ever heard where were the flu's tabulated, tabulated and the flu's presented to us every year where you have gunshots that are cr- gunshot deaths, lightning deaths, heart attack deaths, stroke deaths, construction accident deaths, automobile accident deaths, alcohol poisoning deaths, kidney failure deaths, all of those attributed to the flu. When have you ever seen that happen before? And there you are justifying, once again, a capitulating conservative, justifying a liberal, lying, dishonest argument. Listen, 9,210 people have legitimately died of COVID. It doesn't mean that COVID didn't help other people die. It did. It did, but it's no different than a flu season. And you've never seen any false attributions to flu deaths ever, have you? 2020 is a brand new year, though. All right, back to my original point. So who is paying for all these rights? Tom, he's like, Tom, you flip back and forth from Black Lives Matter, Antifa to COVID. It's all the same lie. It's all the same lie. It's all the same agenda. The same lie is, is to present something that rarely happens as something that always happens. But 
Somebody dies at the hands wrongfully of law enforcement. That happens all the time. The most grievous threat for a black man in the United States is a white police officer. No, the, the most grievous threat for a young black male in the United States is another young black male. The number one cause of death in the black community is abortion. Approximately 200 to 250 African Americans die at the, hand of the hands of the police every year. That's not me. That's FBI UCR statistics. They die. That's the numbers of black Americans that die at the hands of the police every year. Nine unarmed black Americans died at the hands of the police last year. 19 white Americans in the same scenario died. So they put out a lie that says this happens all the time. That's a grievous threat. A very small risk is put out as a large risk. It's the same thing with COVID. Exactly the same thing. So it is all the same lie. So who's been paying for these riots? Play the video for me. The main effect of this unrest is to give an awful lot of power to the dumbest, least creative, least interesting, most violent people in our society. And there's a reason they have more power, because they've been collecting a lot of money. During those riots, donations to Noor's group soared. The Black Visions Collective received $19 million in donations online since Floyd's death. And his partner organization, Reclaim the Block, got $11 million. Much of that money came because top Democrats raised it for them effectively. The day after the police precinct burned and Joe Biden voters demolished dozens of local businesses, Sandy Cortez, who is a sitting member of Congress, tweeted this, quote, now is the time to step up for the frontline organizers who've been engaged in the struggle for justice in Minnesota. She urged her mindless followers to join Ilhan Omar, Ayanna Presley, Rashida Tlaib, the usual, to raise $50,000 for the Black Visions Collective and reclaim the block. Separately, this is hard to believe, but it's true, former Obama cabinet secretary Julian Castro called for donations to Black Visions Collective and reclaimed the block. He urged Democrats to, quote, provide support to those who are on the front lines demanding change. The front lines, like this is a war, that's what they think it is. They don't believe in our justice system. They think things should be adjudicated with violence in the streets. And because none of these riots affect Beverly Hills, celebrities also joined in to raise money. Here's talk show host Jimmy Kimmel in June, desperately hoping you won't remember he has worn blackface and used the N-word several times. Watch. <laughs> what I think mostly I was excited about with the Black Visions Collective is it's all Black Lives Matters. The website is blackvisionsmn.org if you'd like to go to it and join us with a donation. Flacking for a revolutionary group advertising their website, uh, effectively soliciting money for them on TV. That's not a political disagreement. That's not. So let's go over the numbers. A half a billion dollars, half a billion dollars of damage was done to the city of Minneapolis. Do you know the money that they were talking about being donated? That goes to two organizations. It's called Black Visions Collective. Sounds like something right out of the Soviet Union. And Reclaim the Block. That's the name of the two organizations that have been collecting all that money. Right before, now this is before George Floyd. What's, I really can't find any other word but funny. What's funny is, is that the city of Minneapolis gave the Black Visions Collective, which are the primary organizers of the riots in Minneapolis, gave the city, gave the Black Visions Collective $25,000. Amazing as a grant to the Black Visions Collective. The money that went to those two organizations was exclusively raised by, as Tucker says, Joe Biden supporters. 
the Minneapolis Freedom Fund. That was pushed by Kamala Harris herself. Remember, she said, you can feel free, it's on mainstream websites, mainstream media, feel free to look it up yourself. Kamala Harris solicited funds, invited people to donate to what's called the Minneapolis Freedom Fund, and that was to bail out Joe Biden's supporting rioters. It was also given to, supported, and advocated by Joe Biden for president campaign staffers, inviting people to give money to bail out Joe Biden supporting Joe Biden voting rioters that did $500 million worth, worth of damage to the city of Minneapolis. Please, people, in the state of Minnesota, if you get anything if you hear this podcast, everybody like and share, like and share, like and share. Will it cost you friends for people to see my chubby bearded face? Yes, it will cost you friends. Join the club. Join the club. Rodney Howard Brown got arrested. Tony Spell got arrested. Pastors other places have been summonsed. Their churches have been shut down. John MacArthur's parking lot is being reclaimed by the county. Pay the price. Like and share, like and share. Say what needs to be said. Do what needs to be done. These things were all advocated. The Black Visions Collective. They are the primary sponsors. Minnesota. Primary sponsors of $500 million worth of damage to your city. Minneapolis. Please don't vote in the people that advocated for these groups. The people that admonished others to give to these groups and then admonished others to give to the groups, to the group Minneapolis Freedom Fund to bail them out after they got arrested for burning down your city. Remember that. Remember that when you go to the polling place because we're not just proclaiming it. We are not going to have mail-in balloting. I hate it. Look at this next portion of this video from Tucker. This has some extraordinarily interesting information you need to hear how the other side thinks you're like tom their sides yes listen a house divided against itself cannot prosper there are sides folks there's right and there's wrong the great thing about christianity is is everybody's welcome but it's a narrow way you have to you have to go the biblical way Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. That's Jesus Christ speaking, Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Everybody's welcome, but you have to walk through that narrow way. It doesn't matter the pigmentation of your skin. doesn't matter all the sins that you committed, but you have to say, Jesus, Christ, Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Well, that's not very tolerant, Tom. That's not very accommodating. The Bible is not tolerant. The Bible is not accommodating. The Bible says, here is your way, and all are welcome. But you have to walk through that narrow gate where you say, Jesus is the only way. I turn my life over to him. I, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins, and I repent of my sins. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Not many people are preaching repentance anymore. Everybody's just preaching to keep people in the building. So yes, I take sides. You need to know how the other side thinks. Play the video for me. Democrats raised all of this money 
A woman called Aluchi Omiyaga, who co-founded Black Visions Collective and works with Reclaim the Block, made it clear what the group really stands for. She declared that looting is a form of reparations. It's not stealing, it's reparations, and she called for more of it. Watch. I know that um, the things that are being taken are being redistributed to the community. I don't have an opinion on like what, like what is, is it good or is it bad to loot, but I do understand the, the use of um, reparations in this time, looking like taking from corporations and giving back to people who actually need the resources. And now we're seeing that we're able to give those people those things because Target was looted, because Cup Foods was looted, and they're able to redistribute that to the community. They're being redistributed to the community. Right, so everyone gets a new pair of sneakers. Poor people don't think that's true. Poor people know what stealing is. It's stealing, looting is stealing. You'd have to go to some private college to come up with a view as stupid as the one that person has, and no doubt that person went to some private college. Bottom line is these are- There you go. That, now understand, sides. I take sides. I am pro-life. Abortion is murder. I take sides. Period. Who's sending those people money? Who's sending the looters money? That person believes that looting is redistribution. Who sends them all the money? Kamala Harris advocating. Send in the money. What's the name? Send in the money to the Minneapolis Freedom Fund along with Joe Biden for president campaign members. That's who's sending them the money. Remember that at the voting booth as you watched your city burn to the ground. Did you hear the one thing when I was taught when we playing the portion on Kyle Rittenhouse where the owner of said he had three businesses in Kenosha, two, two were already burned to the ground. So he's asking people to come in and defend their, his business. Remember, there are sides, folks. I'm not, listen, for Facebook, not advocating violence in any way, shape, or form. I'm not advocating violence. I'm just saying there's right and there's wrong, period. Look at these cities. There's, that is wrong, folks. What you're seeing, there's no ambiguity. There's no middle ground. That is wrong. Stand up and say it. That is wrong. Don't worry about offending your wisdom uh, filled. God gave us a brain Christian brother or sister that says you should have locked your church down. Say what needs to be said. Look them in the eye and say, no plague shall draw near my dwelling. Speak the truth. You're always Tom. Once again, you're blurring. You're going COVID and rioting. Same lie. Christians, uh, listen, we, people talk about love. First Corinthians chapter 13, four through eight are the characteristics of love. Love rejoices in the truth and it does not rejoice in iniquity. Love rejoices in the truth. Speaking the truth is always correct. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. From the New York post, California DAs, new policy to consider looters needs before charging them Ooh. a California district attorney I'll just give you a little precursor I wonder who paid for her campaign is requiring her prosecutors to consider looters needs I guess because looting is remember what the organizer said from Minneapolis there looting is redistributing 
Consider looters' needs when weighing criminal charges against them. The new mandate set forth by Contra Costa County, that's hard to say, Contra Costa County District Attorney Diane Becton, you can put her pick up, makes it tougher to prosecute looting cases in the county, which sits just outside San Francisco. Now, her name, of course, again, Diane Becton. Who put her there? I knew it before I even... You can go ahead and put it up there, brother. You're ahead of me. You got it. I knew it before I researched it. I'm like, I wonder who would put a practice into place at the district attorney's office, the state attorney's office, what we call it here. Who put a policy in practice? Who would put a policy in practice where you consider the needs of the looter before you prosecute them? Who would do that? Somebody who advocates and espouses looting. Somebody who wants looting to perform a task for them. Who could that be? See, at the timing payoff, brother. You're the best. There he is. George Soros once again. Diane Becton, let me read you the article. Again, from the New York Post. Is in her first term as elected district attorney. One of a number of district attorneys heavily supported by leftist billionaire George Soros. And that's from the from Red State. So I have welcomed her. I do everything with Sharpies to my list. Welcome Diane Becton to my list. Letitia James, district uh, state attorney. For the entire state of New York is a Soros bought and paid for acolyte. Keisha Bottoms, mayor of Atlanta, who's wrongfully prosecuting Garrett Roth, the righteous shooter in the police shooting at the Wendy's. And the Wendy's has been burnt to the ground by Keisha Bottoms supporters and George Soros supported supporters. Keisha Bottoms bought and paid for George Soros, Kim Fox. Jesse Smollett's prosecutor bought and paid for. What do you mean bought and paid for? George Soros paid for their campaigns. Keisha Bottoms, I can't say whether or not he paid for her campaigns, but she speaks for him at his organizations on a regular basis. So she is a George Soros acolyte. Kim Fox, however, her campaign bought and paid for by George Soros, letting the hoaxer off. Once again, somebody who goes in and files a false police report, let right off the hook. Kimberly Gardner, that's the name, the St. Louis prosecutor in charge of of charging the McCloskeys with multiple felonies, although they did not. I watched the entire video. Cop for 25 years, 1992 to 2017. They did not commit one crime. However, she doesn't find any problem with charging people with crimes who didn't commit crimes because George Soros bought and paid for her campaign, and now she has all the power. Kimberly Gardner from St. Louis, and now Diane Becton from Contra Costa County, and by the way, where is, I wonder where Contra Costa County, California is. Do you wonder? Uh, San Francisco. What a shock. This, this person will probably be the one that has somehow or another, I'll put a prediction out there, comes after that salon owner. Shall we watch and see? May keep that name. Soros bought and paid for her campaign, Diane Becton. Hey, you got that list for me? Of all those names? I know people aren't going to be able to see. I throw that up there. 
That's just a list. You're not going to be able to see the names. You can make out some of them on there. But I just want you to be able to look and see it and know that it's there. That's a, li- that's a list. And there's the highest numbers are up top. Yeah, Hillary- <laughs> yeah, Aaron's yelling out a couple. Hillary Clinton's on the top. What's that, 33-4? Is that what you got? Up on top, or is that 23-4? I can't read it. <laughs> 22, okay. Uh, mainly Democrats, 90, 90% Democrats. But there are some Repubs on that list. Those are people who receive funds from op- from the Open Society, from George Soros. John Kasich's on there. Paul Ryan's on there. Jeb Bush is on there. Uh, John McCain's on there. <laughs> That's where we're at. Just so you know, I want everybody just to know where the money goes. Now, here is the real George Soros. This is the person that you need to know this. He's been doing this for three, four, five, six, 10, 20 years. I don't know, but for sure documented over the last three or four years, he's been sending money. It's, it's hard to send money into national elections because you'll answer for it somehow or another in the media. But if you send them to local elections where you're like a, st- a district attorney, you know, a district attorney has more power than the congressman. I, again, law enforcement for all the years, you're deciding whether people lose their freedom or not. If you have somebody who's an ideological leftist as a prosecutor, that's how you end up with Jesse Smollett walking away. That's how you end. I mean, what did Jesse Smollett not commit numerous crimes? He absolutely set up and committed numerous crimes. Just walked away. Did nothing happen. That's because Kim Fox bought and paid for by George Soros is the prosecutor. This is how it works. For those of you who don't know. What happens, everyone thinks it's the cops. It's not the cops. The cops make the arrest. But the person who charges somebody with a crime is the district slash state attorney. The attorney decides whether to actually charge them or not. Jesse Smollett, the cops tried. What what cops do is they fill out a charging instrument, what we call locally here a probable cause affidavit. It's submitted to the state attorney. And then the attorneys decide whether or not to actually formally charge the person. Even post-arrest. Just because somebody's been arrested doesn't mean they're being charged. It just means they're being detained until the state attorney decides whether or not to officially charge them, formally charge them. So that when you put somebody in office like that and you decide, you know what, we want some rioting in Portland. And lo and behold, the district attorney in Portland has said that he's basically never going to charge anybody with a crime that rioted or looted. Nothing. That's what Soros is doing. And that's the, those on this list that I have here. Letitia James, Keisha Bottoms, Kim Fox, Kimberly Gardner, Diane Becton. All of them are state attorneys slash district attorneys with the exception of Keisha Bottoms, who's the mayor of Atlanta. Who, again, a mayor has a lot of power, but not as much really as a prosecuting attorney. So he's been behind the scenes sending umpteen millions to all these local elections so that he can get these little power brokers in place. And that way, when his funded, George Soros funded riots and protests occur, you got a prosecutor that's friendly to your cause and just kicks them all right out of jail while you have Joe Biden campaign staffers paying for them, paying their bail to get them out of jail too, along with Kamala Harris supporters. And who knows if they actually, they themselves, Joe Biden, just so you know, Joe Biden's campaign money was redirected to the Minneapolis Freedom Fund. 
not all of it, a portion of it, by his staffers. They redirected money. If you're a Biden supporter, just know that you helped to pay the bail for rioters that are responsible for up to 32 deaths since George Floyd. 32. So you got George Floyd that died. You got Jacob Blake that died. A few others that died. Three or four that are what people would call questionable. And listen, I believe George Floyd's very questionable death, obviously. However, since then, you have one person die. 32 have died in the George Soros, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, Democratic Party riots. Here's the real George Soros. Went out, in fact, and helped in the confiscation of property from the Jews. That's right. I mean, that's, that sounds uh, like an experience that would send lots of people to the psychiatric couch for many, many years. Was it difficult? Uh, uh, not, not, not at all. Not at all. It, uh, maybe as a child, you don't, you don't see the connection. Uh, but it, was, it created no, no problem at all. No feeling of guilt? No. For example, that uh, I'm Jewish... Uh, and here I am watching these people go, I could just as easily be there. I should be there. None of that. Well, uh, of course, I could, uh, I could be on the other side, or I could be the one from whom it, the thing is being taken away. Uh, um, but there was no sense that I shouldn't be there, because uh, that was... Uh, uh, well, actually, funny way, it's just like in markets that if I weren't there, of course I wasn't doing it, but somebody else would would, would be taking it away anyhow. In other words, the, whether I was there or not, I was only a spectator, the property was being taken away. So I had no role in taking away that property. So I had no sense of guilt. Are you religious? No. Do you believe in God? Soros told us he believes God was created by man, not the other way around, which may be why he thinks he can smooth out the world's imperfections. Yeah, back to me. That's the real George Soros. If you didn't catch the very beginning of it, he was asking about when he was 14, the interviewer, Steve Croft, is asking George Soros about how he felt about being a Nazi collaborator at the age of 14. He calls himself a child, but at the age of 14, he was aiding and abetting the confiscation of the property of, the, of his own people, the Jewish people. And you saw, he just said, well, if it wasn't me, it'd be somebody else. And I feel no guilt at all. That's who he is. He's a monster, a worldwide funder of the homicide of 42 plus million babies per year in abortion mills throughout the world. That is who George Soros is. He is a leftist, Stalinist, tyrannical, totalitarian communist. That's who he is. That's absolutely who he is. Just know that. And that's the person who is trying to elect prosecutors throughout the entire United. Why does he even care about the United States? I don't know. He was kicked out of Poland. <laughs> he said, like, you are not welcome here. It absolutely kicked out of Poland. And guys, why is it so hot in here? Is the AC turned off? I just have to talk to my staff here. It's hot as blazes in here. Here's another article. This is, this is an Ian Miles tweet. 
Ian Miles Cheong tweet 9-3. Black Lives Matter protesters block. You got to see this video. And you have to ask yourself, what would I do in the midst of this same scenario? What would I do? I can tell you, just being flat out honest, I would do exactly what this driver did. Play the video for me. Remember, this is the type of thing that is being orchestrated by the Democratic Party, Antifa, Black Lives Matter. Money is being redistributed to these causes and being backed by George Soros. Play it for me. Sorry about talking over it. Get that volume up really loud. Bring it back to me. First question is, why does nobody have a job? I mean, what are you, you're out there. Is nobody, does anybody have to get up the next morning? Why does nobody have a job? I know that we lost 40 million jobs, but over half of them are back now. So why is it that nobody has a job? Of course, you're not going to see Chris Cuomo on the streets or his brother, the governor, Andrew Cuomo, saying, why is everybody out there not social distancing? Why is everybody out there so close together? Why is everybody out there not six feet apart? Why is everybody out there not wearing a mask? Why is everybody out there disobeying the no mask congregation law that we put out there? I mean, how's that different than a church service? But if John MacArthur has a church service in California, the leftist media goes wild because they're the propaganda wing of the Democratic Party. We all know the answer to that. So if it was you and you were in that crowd, are you stopping? I can flat out tell you, I'm not stopping. They've surrounded your car. We've seen numerous footage of people being dragged out of their car, their windows being smashed, Molotov cocktails thrown at police cars. I'm driving through. Simple as that. I'm not, I'm not stopping. I am not stopping. I'm not thinking about stopping. You surround my car like that, I'm driving through. I'll, I'll face whatever consequences there are. Would, by the way, again, it'll depend on what Soros-backed prosecutor would handle your case. That's, that's just the state of the country that we're in right now. That is why you can't capitulate. It's in the title of this podcast tonight. You can never give an inch. You can never say, okay, you know what, just to be courteous to everybody and so that I'm not trampling on people's feelings, I'm going to go ahead and put a mask on. No. The moment that you do that, you end up with the people like Soros and the Democratic Party, Antifa and Black Lives Matter. You give them one inch. Tom, those are two separate issues. They're not. They're all about totalitarianism. They're all about trying to control you. That's what the Democratic Party's trying to do. All of this is the Democratic Party. Everybody in that video is a Democratic Party supporter. That's what it's all about. Here's some economic numbers I want you to know that I got from the blaze from, from yesterday. I want you to see what's happened to our country and where it's going right now. I want all, these are all just absolute facts as I want you to see the rise, the declines, the rise and the declines in comparison to where we were under Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden, since this is an election season and Joe Biden keeps saying that Donald Trump has caused an economic collapse with Donald Trump had nothing to do with any sort of economic collapse. That's Gretchen Whitmer. That's Andrew Cuomo. That's Tom Wolf. That's Gavin Newsom. That's Phil Murphy. Those are all the governors that have caused that to happen. Donald Trump didn't do any of that. Donald Trump never called for a lockdown. Donald Trump did the two weeks 
to slow the spread and that was it. And but the problem is, and he can't he can't leash or unleash. But the problem is, COVID unleashed all the little Stalinists throughout our country. But here's the numbers. These are the unemployment rates going into COVID. So I'm starting in September. I'm going to rattle these off quick. And you ought to rewind these videos, write these statistics down so that you have all the facts, so that when opportunity arises, you can espouse facts to the ignorant. These are the unemployment numbers. September of 19, September 2019, we had a 3.5% unemployment. October 3.5, starting again, September 2019, so a year ago. In September 2019, 3.5 unemployment rate. October, 3.5 unemployment rate. November, 3.6 unemployment rate. December 2019, 3.5 unemployment rate. January 2020, now this year, 3.6% unemployment rate. February, 3.5% unemployment rate. March, 4.4% unemployment rate. Get ready. April, 14.7% unemployment rate. March, May, 20, May 2020, 13.3% unemployment rate. Now, here we go. June 20th, I mean, June 2020, 11.1% unemployment rate. July of this year, last month, or two months ago, 10.2% unemployment rate. Now for August, the month had just passed, we're at 8.4% unemployment. So when was the last time we were that bad off that we were 8.4%? Remember now, this is dealing with the tyrannical, draconian, stupid response to a flu bug that totally destroyed our economy. A $20 trillion economy flipped upside down overnight by, by Stalinists. When was the last time? Now, Trump has brought it back to 8.4. It was as high as almost 15% unemployment. Trump is, and that was in April. Trump has cut that in half by August, by the end of August. It's already been cut in half, 8.4. Now, when was the last time we were that bad off that we were actually 8.4? Oh, that was December 2011 under O'Biden. Barack's 2012 re-election year economy. So to parallel when Barack Hussein Obama and Joey Biden, Hyden Biden ran for president. Remember Biden saying this is the worst economy. Donald Trump has caused the worst economy. This is terrible. Well, what was the unemployment rate the last time Joe Biden ran for vice president? That was August, 2012, September, 2012. So August 2012, when Biden was running for vice president, they had an 8.1% unemployment rate. So even after COVID, Trump is better than Biden, even after COVID. It takes them having to shut down an economy to even be competitive. Play it for me. COVID <laughs> has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, you think about it. More lives this year than any other year for the past 100 years. What? <laughs> what an idiot. Oh, what a loser. Good. Good. <laughs> there you go. So jobs lost numbers. Ready? September 2019, we gained 208,000 jobs. 
October 2019 gained 185,000 jobs that month. November 2019, 261,000 gained. December 2019, 184,000 gained. January 2020, 214,000 jobs gained that month. February 2020, get this, right before COVID, how many jobs were gained? 251,000 jobs in February of this year were gained. March 20th, I mean, March 2020, Got to write this different in my notes because I keep saying 20th. March 2020, net loss of 1.4 million jobs. Get ready for April 2020. Net loss, 20.8 million jobs. Mask wearing, virtue signaling, Christians. This is what you caused when you quarantined yourself and capitulated. This is what the overall church caused. The church should have led the way in saying, no, we will not bow to totalitarianism. We will not bow to a fraudulent virus, a virus that it's not a fraudulent virus, but your response to it is completely fraudulent. We will not bow. But instead, the church capitulated, except for a few outposts of freedom, of which I am glad to say I am one. So in April of 2020, we had lost 20.8 million jobs, but here comes Trump. May 20, May 2020, plus 2.7 million jobs. June, 4.8 plus 4.8 million jobs. July, plus 1.7 million jobs. August this month, plus 1.4 million jobs, taking us from a 15-point unemployment rate to an 8-point unemployment rate that is where we're at trump has brought back so far 60 percent of the jobs that's who the president is don't listen to a word that biden says i know that most of the people watching this wouldn't but get the word out the man's a liar the best he could ever produce was 7.8 percent unemployment he's absolutely incompetent and not ready to be president never has been never will be tennessee woman get this story now Tennessee woman who passed away six months ago gets letter in June saying she this just came out in the news now saying she is COVID-19 positive. She died in February. She gets and never was tested for COVID. And she gets a letter in the mail, which her son got. She passed away in February. She got, they got a letter in June saying that she tested positive, positive for COVID. But don't worry, everybody. Let the experts handle it. Let the expert, the health department experts, stipulate your entire life, right? Just trust the experts. Just like the goofball, ridiculous pastor in Largo, Florida, who ripped Rodney Howard Brown and Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I just, we're going to trust the experts. We're going to be a community partner. Here's what you're partnering with. Play the video for me. Well, now to a local 24 News exclusive. A Shelby County man wants to know what is going on at the Turn health the department. His mother passed away six months ago. That's it. So why would he get a letter saying his mom is positive for COVID-19 and needs to self-isolate? It's a little late for that. The local I-team's Jenny DiPrizio is trying to get to the bottom of what went wrong. Troy Whittington was a sure surprised when he opened up a letter this week that came from the Shelby County Health Department. I'm just having a hard time understanding how they can say someone has COVID-19 when they're not even alive. 
Troy Whittington is baffled. This letter arrived from the Shelby County Health Department for his mother, Sandra Whittington. The letter says she's been diagnosed as COVID positive and needs to isolate. But according to her obituary, the 66-year-old died February 16th. That was weeks before the first case of COVID-19 was even detected in Shelby County. Actually, I was wrong. I was reading it right there. I thought I, the article was actually wrong. He received that letter August 20th. I thought it was in June. I thought they just got into the news in, in August. No, he received, he received that letter August 20th. August 20th. That his mother was positive for COVID and now needs to isolate herself. 173 days into 14 days to slow the spread and six months after she's dead. But trust the experts, right? Trust the experts. Put up the graph for me. This is from Adam Milstein, Facebook post 831. Unbelievable CDC data, which no mainstream media is reporting. 94%, I just put this, I just want to put this up again, a couple podcasts in a row. 94% of all COVID-19 deaths had underlying, underlying medical conditions. Out of 168,000 deaths with COVID-19, only 10,000 had no underlying illnesses. Almost none under 24 years old died of the coronavirus. Look at the chart of COVID. Those are COVID-19 deaths by age group going up. The left side panel is COVID-19 deaths by age. Basically, the only look at how low it is. Once you get down into the brackets of 24 years old it's running it's not even moving there's nothing there it is and above it is 24 to 30 there's nothing and look at it it's you have the increase the alleged second wave happening and now look at the desk look at them all your far, far right hand corner it's over it's been over bring it back to me the only reason why there is even a marginal second wave is because of lockdowns and everybody sitting inside for three months and destroying their immune systems and then walking out it's the only reason why there was a spike in cases and deaths at all and i don't even believe the stats that came out of that either now this is interesting the pga has better ratings the pga now listen I watch golf. <clears throat> I don't know too many people that do. I mainly watch it as sedation. I fall asleep to it while I'm eating. So <laughs> my family doesn't like it. They hate it when I put on literally every, when I click it on, every person in the room gets up and leaves. No kidding. In my, I live with three other people, my wife, and my two kids who are adults now. When I turn it on, they all make this collective sound. Oh, not golf. And then they all get up and leave. The PGA, Professional Golf Association, has better, better ratings than, yeah, you can mix that in, the NBA, the NHL, and Major League Baseball. Professional golf now has better ratings than the NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball. Because they take no political stance. Now, let me astonish you with my expounding on this. I know you're really going to love this. They don't take a stand. PGA, here's the thing. Can you prevent anybody from wearing some ribbon or what? No, they don't worry about any of that. As an organization, the PGA doesn't take a political stance. MLB does, NHL does, NBA does, and the NFL does. 
They've all taken political stances. They've all got Black Lives Matter, uh, you know, all over, you know, murals painted all over their stadiums. They're all wearing the shirts. They're all taking knees. They have taken a stance. The PGA doesn't do that. Here's the thing. I don't really care if you're a professional athlete, whether you're a Democrat, really, or a Republican. I will even watch you and be a fan if you're a Democrat. If you simply said this, listen, everybody, to get it out there, I'm a Democrat. I vote Democrat. That's where I stand. I'm done. And you call it a day, I'll still be your fan. But if you use your fame, if you use your fortune, if you use your platform to espouse communism, socialism, which is Black Lives Matter, which is a socialist Marxist organization that's mainly about transgender and homosexual rights and Marxism. If you support that, you use your platform to support that, I'm out. We have to have a mass exodus. Play that video for me. The National Basketball Association is currently experiencing their worst ratings ever. If you could believe it, NBA viewership is down 30% across the board from last year. They're experiencing nothing short of a total ratings tank. They lost 26% on the TNT network, 6% on ESPN. They're barely netting an average of 1.6 million viewers, down significantly from the 2.8 million they got at the same point in their season last year. And this is all actually part of a trend of lost viewership over the last few years or so. So just to give you an idea of how far the NBA has fallen in terms of its ratings, check this out. Ratings for network NBA broadcasts have declined by an astonishing 45% since the 2011-2012 season. Games on TNT are down by 40%. ESPN sees a decline rating of 20%. Major League Baseball isn't faring much better. And then you bring the NFL into all this, you've got a ratings freefall. All told, the Super Bowl alone has lost over 12 million viewers in just the last few years. It's a tragic lesson, but it has to be learned by those who refuse to heed the laws of the universe. But professional sports is once again proving the age-old adage, say it with me, get, get woke. woke. <laughs> Go, Go broke. broke. <laughs> before you go. All right, last story of the night. Ready? I have a lot more material, but... <laughs> I'm rolling close to two hours again. I always intend, just so everybody knows, I always intend to go 90 minutes. I just want you to know. For some reason, it goes longer. I don't know who it is that talks so much, but for some reason, it goes longer. But here's the, here's the last story. You cue up that picture for me of the baby. UN says new polio outbreak in Sudan caused by oral vaccine. Put that picture up. UN says new polio outbreak in Sudan caused by oral vaccine now back to me that sounds eerily familiar does it not let me read you the article this is not from a bastion of conservatism this is from the associated press the world health organization says a new polio outbreak in sudan remember the name sudan is linked to an ongoing vaccine sparked academic epidemic in chad a week after the un health agency declared the african continent free of wild polio virus so you have wild polio, which is caused by our fallen world, nature. And then you have polio that's caused by the vaccines. And everybody wants a COVID vaccine. In a statement this week, World Health Organization said two children in Sudan, one from South Darfur, 
state and the other from Gadarif state close to the border with Ethiopia were paralyzed in March and April. Both had been recently vaccinated against polio. The World Health Organization said initial outbreak investigations show the cases are linked to an ongoing vaccine-derived outbreak in Chad that was first detected last year and is now spreading in Chad and Cameroon. Now, hmm, that sounds strangely familiar to me. Lo and behold, it's in third world countries where certain people like Bill Gates like to do their research on guinea pig human beings that they don't count as meaning or having any value whatsoever. They don't care. Democrats, liberals, and progressives do not like human life. Bill Gates's goal is to control population growth via vaccines. Explain to me how that makes any sense. And if you think that's a conspiracy theory, please go right now and Google Bill Gates wants to control the population using vaccines and see his ridiculous, uncomprehendable explanation of that. Lo and behold, some of Bill Gates's vaccines, if not all of them, has rendered people unable to have children. What a surprise. What a shock. So, you know, this stuff sounded familiar to me. So I, I pulled up some of my old articles. Gates' obsession, this is from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Gates' obsession with vaccines seems to be fueled by a conviction to save the world with technology. Promising his share of $450 million dollars of a $1.2 billion to eradicate polio, Gates took control of India's National Technology Advisory Group on Immunization, NTIGI. Please look it up. Feel free to argue with me. Which mandated up to 50 doses of polio vaccines through overlapping immunization programs to children before the age of five. So 10 vaccines per year before you're even five. Indian doctors blamed the Gates campaign for devastating non-polio acute flaccid paralysis epidemic that paralyzed 490,000 children. Let me read that again. Indian doctors blamed the Gates campaign for a devastating non-polio acute flaccid paralysis epidemic that paralyzed 490,000 children beyond expected rates between 2000 and 2017 in 2017 the indian government dialed back gates the gates vaccine regiment and asked gates and his vaccine policies to leave india that's just a small portion let me just read the top of this for you because this is going on that was india well nobody will know if you do that in england People will know. If you do that in Australia, people will know. So you slither like a little worm snake you are into India or Africa. And then that buys you some years before the media has enough guts to report it. Or if it happens to slip into the stream of, of a conservative site that reports. So let me just read this to you. This is from, this is from 716, from July of, of 2016. Or no, maybe it was even, it may have been this year. 
I may not be reading. Don't hold me to the date on this, but a bio, this is from PNW, a biometric digital ID identity platform that evolves just as you evolve is set to be introduced in, here it is again, low income remote communities in West Africa. Thanks to a public-private partnership between the Bill Gates-backed Gavi Vaccine Alliance, MasterCard, and the AI-powered identity authentication company, TrustStamp, a biometric digital identity platform. The program, which was first launched in 2018, will see TrustStamp's digital identity platform integrated into Gavi MasterCard's Wellness Pass, a digital vaccination record and identity system that is also linked to MasterCard's click-to-play system that, that's powered by AI and machine learning technology called New Data. Pull it all up. Argue with me. All the capitulating Christians. Why are you always picking on us, Tom? Because I read the Bible. It's 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. We're not supposed to judge. You sure? Have you read the Bible? For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17. Read it for yourself. Am I judging the church? Yes. When COVID presented itself, you were to read the Bible and do what the Bible says. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. You are not called to be a community partner with Bill Gates. You are not called to be a community partner with Anthony Fauci or Deborah Burks. You are not called to be a community partner with Planned Parenthood. You are called to partner with the word of God and the voice of the Holy Spirit. And you should have stood up. You should have led the way. You can still repent though. It's not too late, but you can't sit there and act like you did nothing wrong. You can't sit there and, and, and still espouse virtue to yourself that doesn't exist. If you're wearing a mask and you close down your churches and you're taking temperatures of people coming into your churches and your social distance and you're opening safely, you're still buying into the lie. And Satan, John chapter 8, verse 45, according to Jesus, is the father of lies. You can't have virtue and follow a lie. You can't have love and follow a lie. You can't have passion, compassion and follow a lie. You can't have empathy and follow a lie. You follow the word of God. 9,210 people have truly died of COVID. Yes, COVID caused some other deaths, just like the flu does. But if it was actually tabulated, the flu was tabulated like they have COVID and there's so many false attributions to the death count of flu, we'd have the exact same number. If lightning strikes and car accidents and motorcycle accidents and alcohol poisoning was attributed to flu, you take a, somebody gets their head cut off in a motorcycle crash and you draw their blood and has COVID and you put it down as a COVID death, it's just exactly what was going on. It would be the same way. And the thing is, the flu, the flu numbers would be the same. If you bought in, you bought in. Admit it. I listen, I've done lots of stupid things in my life. Said lots of stupid things. Behaved in a stupid way. One thing I don't ever do is what I try to do is follow the man after God's own heart. When Nathan said to David, it is you that's done the sinning. It's you that's the adulterer. It's you that's the murderer. What did David do? You're right. It is me is what he said. If it's you, it's you. Pull the mask off your face. Look up to the Lord and say, I repent. 
I'm going to follow the word. No plague shall draw near my dwelling. I will bind. I will loose. I will live in freedom. 3385 South Access Road, Foundation Church, Inglewood, Florida. If you are in this area, join me tomorrow. If you still like hellfire and brimstone, if you still like to hear that you're healed every time, if you love the Bible, if you want to hear that narrow is the way and few will find it, if you want to hear that you can walk away from your salvation, if you want to hear that you are called to triumph every time, in other words, if, other words, if you want to hear the Bible, be here tomorrow, 9 a.m. for our first service or 11.15 a.m. for our second service. And you can watch us online around 11.55. We're about to put our worship live again. My buddy, my worship uh, worship leader is getting that set up. But for tomorrow, around 11.55 or so, that's when I'll start to preach. That's the one that we're doing the live stream on. So if you want to watch the message, you can. Be here tomorrow. If you're in the Tampa Bay area, go to the River Church. Follow the light posts, the outposts of freedom. Go there. The places that are preaching the word of God without capitulation. Listen, I love you. Let's pray. Lord, we praise you tonight. We thank you tonight. I pray your abundance on each and every person listening. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us in the four essentials in prayer, Bible study, worship, and fellowship. Because Lord, when we do those things. Our revelatory knowledge increases. The lights come on in the darkness and we will see your path. Lord, we love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus name. We've gathered. It's in Jesus name. We pray. Everybody said amen and amen. I love you guys. I will see you tomorrow. If not, if not, have a great Saturday night and find a place of worship tomorrow. Love you. God bless you.